0: list of good days, podcast pals, and a happy St. Patrick's Day to one and all, be you either genuinely Irish or just going in for a little bit of relatively harmless cultural appropriation in order to legitimise your rampant alcoholism. As you join Arkham and I here at our happy place, I do rather find myself wondering, oh idly you understand, not in an obsessive, sinister or overly stalky way, just how and where we're joining you you see, while the analytics I, I get for this thing are as detailed as can reasonably be expected, considering I'm not yet lashing out any money on this unspeakable bilge, they they do rather lack the personal touch. Oh, naturally, they show us a, a steady increase in downloads and plays on a week-by-week basis, as befits a pair of emergent colossus, colossuses as colossi of new media such as ourselves, but they don't tell anything about your listening habits, so... While you're spiritually here with us, balmed and calmed by the solitude and the gentle approaches of uh, Spring's insistent, thrusting, sap-rich fingering, where are we in relation to you? Snugly ensconced in a pocket full of lint and cough-sweet wrappers, perhaps? Or maybe we're clipped to the dashboard of your motor car, failing dismally to drown out the profanities you're directing at a fellow road user who has failed equally dismally to appreciate the finer nuances of the highway code. We'll never know, perhaps. Unless you get in touch with us. Discontentprovider at gmx.co.uk Whatever the cirques of our get-togethers, though, two things are abundantly clear. Firstly, that this is Discontent Provider, the sorrowful slog through seven days of sin and sadness with a song at the end. And secondly, that the devil is in the detail. Now, I, I point this out... Not because I doubt your prior knowledge of the fact, you've been around the block I'm sure, but because for the past couple of days every other pundit, maven, talking head and overpaid prattling fuckstump has been saying it. So much so that I I rather thought I had a moral obligation to say it myself. Only I like to think with a touch of Shakespearean grandeur that is sadly lacking in modern political commentary. The words have been doing the rounds, I need hardly remind you, on account of the Chancellor of the Exchequer's budget address. And one suspects uh, their ubiquity is due to being about the only aspect of Mr Hunt's little talk that everybody agrees upon. Now, whether you feel, as he certainly does, that it's a budget for growth, or feel that it was a masterclass in empty, chesty boasting that might as well have concluded with the words, Right then, that's your lot. And um, what fucking cunt is as good at chanceling as this fucking cunt? No fucking cunt, I'll tell you that for now. You, you will agree that its most notable effect has been in making people say, the devil's in the detail. Be they cautiously optimistic partisans, or critics convinced that Jeremy is going to come a cropper as everything goes to shit. Uh, Well, all right, I'll I'll admit that the ever-fiery leader of the opposition hauled Mr Hunt over the coals something fierce in his response, but not in a way that dealt with too many specifics. Instead, it was more of a general dismissal of Hunt and his plans in general, uh, enlivened by some one-liners that even Nant and Dec couldn't be nice about if they'd been delivered by a terminally ill toddler on Britain's Got Talent. Mind you, I can't say altogether... I blame him. Can you imagine what it must be like to have to, to have to pay attention to a whole budget as opposed to just, you know, listening with half an ear and zeroing in on the stuff that you're interested in. Fags, petrol and the like. Well, as a conscientious podcaster who sees filling your ears with semi-coherent gibberish for 20 minutes a week as the sacred trust that it doubtless is, I did my damnedest but golly gosh and goosebumps cats and kittens, it was a Fearful strain on my fragile nerves. I don't mind telling you. Besides the fact that I'm not terribly good with numbers, I know if I'm getting shortchanged at the chippy, but that's about my limit. I'm always drawn more irresistibly towards big pictures and narratives than to the arcane squiggles and quadratic glyphs of the truly numerate. And the budget and subsequent uh, commentary thereupon had the former in spades. The biggest plot, if you will in my view, was that the uh, the tax relief on pension pots of a million quid was expressly, expressly, almost if not certainly, to the exclusion of everything else, it was all about helping to make sure that the NHS doesn't keep hemorrhaging senior GPs and consultants. And it had nothing to do, nothing at all to do, with being nice to the properly rich in general. You see, and no poor words of mine can paint the angst and moral revulsion of those sadly lamenting these facts, top doctors would love to keep on top doctoring all over the shop, but simply can't afford to do so on account of the blackguards of HMRC clawing at their nest eggs with the greed maddened intensity of starving wolves devouring grandmas with a single gulp. Now, despite the air hereabouts being pretty thick with noxious scents ever since I changed Arkham's dog food I was fairly convinced that I was also picking up a distinct whiff of rat here. Maybe I've been spoiled, maybe I'm cynical, maybe I only ever met nice doctors but as I understand it Hunt and his boosters seem to be using the mass exodus of doctors from the NHS. Apparently early retirements have increased 239% since 2008 to scratch the backs of their well-heeled chums in the name of public interest. Aha! I thought to myself, but this is the oldest wheeze in the political necronomicon, ain't it? They pass off flagrant cronyism by making an appeal to the notion of the greater good, because, yeah, you know, doctors packing up their little black bags and buggering off out of it couldn't possibly have anything to do with the the pressure of working in an underfunded health service, of juggling quotas and reports with life and death decisions every fucking day of their working lives could it? Could it? Oh aye, that'll be right, eh, what? The diction in my internal, uh, internal monologue takes an odd turn I don't mind admitting it so, having once again ripped aside the veil of deception with the brio of Fred off of Scooby-Doo unmasking old man Beasley, I thought I'd check a few facts and present Y'all with the unvarnished truth. Why did I say Y'all? No idea. Fred never says Y'all. Even Shaggy doesn't say Y'all and he's supposed to be cool. Never mind, never mind. Anyway, I, I would tell you about what I learned is the uh, pretty much the point I'm trying to make here. So I set to it. News, TV, radio, over the years, headlines, have all seemed pretty self-explanatory. Promising, promising words like burnout, mental health, workloads and stress were all over the place. I mean, uh, uh, there was a sub-headline in a Guardian article that did mention that pension tax was an issue, but it was mentioned after burnout, which would lead one to assume that it was a secondary concern after the mental strain of telling some poor sod that they couldn't have any cancer medicine due to budgetary constraints for the 15th time in a week. Not so, cats and kittens. Not fucking so. The article made it fairly explicit that the tax issue was a biggie. Results from a survey by the Royal College of Physicians reveal that many doctors are choosing to retire earlier than planned, citing concerns over pension tax as one of the key factors in their decision. Uh, the whole article was based primarily on a piece written in the British Medical Journal. And as I'm not willing to subscribe to the British Medical Journal, not even for the knockdown price of 173 sheets a year, I, uh, I couldn't actually read the whole thing. Uh, but it didn't out and out say that the uh, tax pension deal was the number one cause of top draw quacks taking flight from the profession. Yes, that scamp hunt is surely having us on, I thought, but I'll have him. So I, I did a search for doctors, job satisfaction, doctors leaving profession in the UK, that sort of thing, and came across, well, what I can only describe as a sex-packed thrill ride of a document entitled Submission to the Pay Body on Doctors and Dentists' Remuneration for 2023-24. This worthy document from NHS England... Detailed at some considerable length, believe me, attitudes of medical professionals to the sore bones trade and the effects being made by NHS trusts to improve things for them and uh, to render the gig more attractive over the long haul. It certainly made no bones about the fact that defecting doctors was an issue and pointed out that measures had to be taken in all sorts of areas, not just pay, if the trend was to be reversed referring to the general Medical council's report on the state of medical education and practice in the UK 2021 another page turner I'm sure they made this comment quote on average MPs dis- uh, sorry on average GPS describe their workload as high intensity on 76 percent of their working days and 32 percent consider themselves at high risk of burnout." Only 21% of the UK GPs surveyed were satisfied, or very satisfied, with their day-to-day work. Now here would seem to be the meat, eh what? It must, after all, be a frightful grind. Exhausting, stressful, beset with fear, doubt and guilt, at the thought that the smallest mistake could, and indeed would, kill somebody. Actually kill them, properly dead. Even the most devoted medico could be excused for turning that in after a couple of decades, you would think. Then I I lit upon this bit, quote, doctors in training will be aware of the issues their senior colleagues raised and may make the decision to reduce their commitment to avoid breaching the annual allowance threshold, even though this is not in their financial interest. Doctors continue to cite the pensions tax as the most likely reason they will reduce their commitment and or retire earlier than they may have planned. There it is, black and white. Well, I've read it out loud, but, you know, I saw it in black and white. I have to admit that I was gutted. Now, I stress here that despite owing oh, the few glimmers of sight that remained to me, uh, to the superb and, I'm told, pioneering work by a senior consultant who operated on Little Baby Foxy, and who I visited twice a year up until the point I was all grown up, Got it got so I like, was like going to see a favourite uncle, actually, which was nice, because... Uh, I didn't have any favourite uncles, all mine were dicks. Uh, but I, so with all the, even with all that, I have what I consider to be a healthy and balanced respect for doctors. There are those that see them as uber-altruistic superbeings. I'm not one of them, and there are those who curse them as petty tyrants who think they're fucking God just because they've been told by a doctor that consuming bacon-wrapped cigarettes washed down with scotch every day isn't all that wise. So I don't fall into that group either. On the whole, I'm not bothered one way or the other about how medical types uh, view their pension prospects. That's their business. But what got to me was that Mr Hunt and his supporters were right in this instance, and that I was wholly wrong. And that, cats and kittens, is the unkindest cut of all. So let us never speak of it again. I don't know. No, I think I do myself a disservice here. Because... If the main motive of this tax cut was to keep doctors sweet, why wasn't it only applied to the pensions of those in the medical game? Such things do happen, apparently. Judges' pensions are subject to different regulations from those of us whose asses have never warmed the bench. So why not just apply something similar to the pensions of doctors and leave the rest of those earning between 88 and 119 large a year? Apparently they're the average pay for... Um, or for Senior consultants, depending on how long they've been in service, yeah. Anybody else earning that sort of money should be, uh, you know, left to fend for themselves. No, no, it's still a shitty trick, a shitty trick aimed at uh, helping out rich chums. I mean, it's a shitty trick containing a grain of truth. So, well, I'm, you know, looks like I'm not a total paranoid moron. At least I don't think so. By the way, I I will proffer sincere apologies for a certain aridity about this week's doings, but uh, to be honest, even if I'd thrown in a triple murder and an incest subplot between two sizzling hot gender-fluid siblings, the source material would still have been, to say the least, on the dry side. That's the trouble with doing your own research, of course. Not only does it uh, take ages and make your eyes hurt, it's also really dull and difficult You can see why people just glom onto convenient narratives and call each other names, really, can't you? So it is then a somewhat battered and chasen Silver Fox that takes his leave of you this week, but we can all take comfort, cold comfort mind, positively sub-zero comfort as it goes, in the fact that Mr Hunt also announced a raft of planned changes to the welfare system, with particular regard to the disabled. Connoisseurs of... Premium-level bullshit will be all over that, no doubt, myself included. And if history and even some of the DWP's own reports have anything to teach us, we can rest assured that uh, phony narratives will be coming aplenty. Any storyline proposed by the Conservatives on that subject is bound to be as unconvincing and full of suspicious deaths as anything Mickey Spillane ever spunked out on a bad day. The devil's in the detail indeed. We shall see and uh, we can also draw some solace maybe from the fact that the world's greatest lurcher and I will be back for another go at this rubbish next week so do join us won't you and to kill the painfully empty hours between now and then why not subscribe to us talk about us relentlessly and at length to everybody you know and reflect upon how all views expressed herein are mine alone and should be used for entertainment purposes only. All facts and quotes have been researched exhaustively, and I fucking well mean exhaustively too, this week more than ever, from reputable sources and have been used here to the best of my poor abilities. But forget all that boilerplate nonsense. Now is the time for song, podcast pals. Cheerio. If you're not too tired here's a bedtime story and every single word is true. Once upon a time there was a sweet little child, in fact they were a lot like you. Kind and helpful, sweet and gentle, you could say they were as good as gold. They never made a fuss, and they never asked questions, they always did what they were told. Their life was full of laughter and happy ever-afters, and they never had a troublesome thought. Some little children weren't so lucky, all the tales they heard were lies. They grew up thinking that the world was a horrid place Full of monsters, traps and spies They tried to find a way to make things better They read anything they could But all it did was make them sadder and angrier It didn't do them any good Because all they'd be would be silly little kiddies who'd been listening to make-believe. Let me tuck you up. It's time for you to sleep so good night Have pleasant dreams about how you're very clever and how you're always right. In your precious innocence you'll float like an angel on wings made of sunshine and truth. Don't go reading long and boring books or worry about research and proof. And if you doubt what I've said for just a single second, the troll under your bed will rape you.